Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Clear to Close podcast. My name is Carson Jones with Team Honey at Realty One Group Goldmark, and I'm here with Ryan Bolton, the local mortgage expert here in St. George, Utah. So uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit about home loans as well as cash buying, and we kind of I want to ask Ryan a few questions today about that and uh, maybe start us off a little bit, Ryan. I mean, where do you, uh, where do you see the market right now in terms of uh, being much more in favor of, of cash buyers if they're thinking, oh, the interest rates are getting so high. So yeah. where, where do you see things right now and where do you see things going coming soon? You know, it's funny. I, I see people that are really excited about uh, paying cash, especially real estate agents, because they don't have to deal with a loan. They don't have to deal with the headaches of the appraisal and title and all the other stuff. Or it, so they get all excited about doing the cash. When really I look at most agents, they sell homes for a living. They have a cash buyer. Why are you selling them just one? Why not sell them two? Why not sell them three? I mean, not everybody's going to want investment properties. Not everybody's going to want to use their cash that way. But it's amazing how often if you propose that to one out of five clients, maybe they'll say, oh, maybe that's not a bad idea to take some of that money and invest in it. You know, it's funny with, we don't take, let's say it's a $450,000 house that they're just going to pay cash for. Nobody would ever put that in one gold bar. Nobody ever put that in one stock, one commodity, yet they do it with a home. They put all that money into one home. And the only way you get the money back is selling or refinancing. The home's not going to go up or down in value if you owe less on it. It's not going to appreciate faster because you owe less on it. So it ties up that money in a way that makes it much harder to get to. And I can't tell you how many times I've had clients that put that large down payment and a year down the road, they're pulling out a line of credit or they're pulling out cash or they're refinancing or they're doing something when they could have just done it at the beginning and become their own bank in a sense. So I want to run some numbers of what I've showed some of my clients when it comes to tying up all that money in cash. Let's say you got a $450,000 loan or a purchase price. That's that that's the price to buy the home. Let's say you put $225,000 down. Right now if we use a 6% interest rate, which rates can change depending on when you're listening to this, that could be higher or lower than the rate. But if you just stay with 6%, the payment's 1348. So that's what the payment would be on that loan. If you took that 225,000 that you're saving and put it into an account and just drafted the mortgage payment from that account, it would last over 13 years with no interest. That's if you just stuff the money under the mattress and started making the payment. 13 years without a mortgage payment. Wow. So I often tell people... What are the chances you'll even be in that house for the 13 years? Totally. And it's something where how if you need to get to the money, it's a lot easier to get to. And that's not having any interest being earned on the money while it's sitting there. So, okay, give them all $450,000 now or give half now, take the other half, earn interest on it, and slowly give it to them instead. Either way, they're getting the money. You're either going to give them to them today or you're going to spread it out over time. Yeah. Well, what about the interest rate? Well, you can't tell me you can't get a better than 6% return over the next 13 years on that money. And if you need access to it, you have it. If you need access to it other ways, you're talking loan fees, maybe higher interest rates anyway, lose out on tax benefits if you qualify. There's just so much more diversification you can do with that. Go buy another property that pays a higher rental than that amount. So I did the same numbers at 450,000 again with only 5% down. Then you can buy out the mortgage insurance. So it's a, the fees are gonna be a little bit more, but now you're working with 400,000 in the account to make the mortgage payment, which lasts about the same 13 years. But now you're earning interest on the 400,000 instead of 225. Here, here's the thing, it's hard to do numbers over a video or over a podcast, but the idea is where else can that money go 
than just eliminating a mortgage payment. I, that, that's many people that come to me that have the money either by selling a home, cashing out of retirement or something like that. They're like, well, I don't want a mortgage payment. Yeah. This scenario still gets rid of that mortgage payment for 13 plus years with no interest being earned on that money. I can't imagine where you couldn't put that money for that amount of time and earn five or six more years of no mortgage payment. Then at that point, then you can either refinance, sell, go into reverse mortgage if you're older, those types of things. But if you're not even running those numbers, you're really missing out on how to leverage that money, even at a 6% interest rate, even at an 8% interest rate, you're still able to leverage that way better than just throwing it all into one stock, one gold bar, or one house. There's just way better places to put it. It's a good point. And so one of the things that I found since purchasing my home uh, last year was I wanted to have some money that I can spend on my house after I bought it, right? Mm. And I wanted to uh, have some money left over. And I know a lot of people who they they pretty much spend every last little thing they have just to say, hey, I've got the cash. I'm just going to pay for this house in cash. Well, now what do you have to spend on your home? Mm. Do you want to go out and get a loan, uh, just a personal loan? Well, I, I can th guarantee you your interest rate on a personal loan yeah. to do... $30,000 and work on your house is going to be a lot higher than totally. your, your mortgage, right? 100%. Uh, yep. I mean, we could be talking 14 to 25% easily on a lot of these, yeah, sometimes it, more. And if you have any other debt, pay that off first and only have the mortgage loan because you can cash flow better with that than yeah. you can with car loans, visas, student loan, whatever else is out there. Yeah. But it's good running the numbers. It's a good worth and say, okay, instead of putting 50% down, maybe we do 40 or 30 or 20, some combination. Right. Every time I've shown this to clients, light bulbs go off with most of them. Go, yeah. oh, what a way better use of the money as long as it's managed correctly. That's the biggest thing. Too many times people have that money and it'll just be gone in two years or three years because they can keep dipping into it. So there is some discipline with this program, but this is how the rich get richer. This is how the people that are in the real estate world, yeah, leveraging they don't, that money. Yeah. They, you see these big fancy homes that are all over the, I, I guarantee most of them are financed because they can leverage that money for their business. They can leverage it for other investment opportunities for more real estate. It's just one of the few places you can really leverage. And like you said, your cash flow is better. Your minimum payment is so much lower and your rates locked in 30 year fixed where these other ones will be adjustable, that kind of thing. And, and talk another about good something point, to help your credit. I mean, think about yeah. these, let's say you have four investment properties and you're consistently making the good payments on those. I mean, what's your credit going to be like in five years once you've done that for five years? Yep. I mean, you're going to be up in the 800s, right? Yep. So, uh, and the more you can spread that around, the more you can cash flow on those rental properties instead of having to borrow as you know way higher on the investment property. Now, here's one other thing to consider: if you do need the money back on a refinance, rates on refinances, especially when you're pulling out cash, are higher than when you initially purchase it, no matter where the market's at. So, even if rates go up or down, the starting best rate is purchase then refi, then cash out. They all go up these tiers of risk. Okay. And every level you go up, rates get worse to offset the risk. Really, interest rates are that. They're basically a way to offset the chance that if we have to foreclose on it, we have to make a little bit more on that because that, that book of business has a tendency to foreclose more than others. So your better, cheaper rates in every market is going to be the purchase money, not the refinance a year down the road or two years down the road depending on where rates happen to go. And I've had a lot of people that say, well, rates have moved up. I can just refinance. I'm going to buy now and then just try to refinance. And just keep in mind that that may not be the driving force. I think the rates are going to be lower now than they could be in the future, especially when you start talking about cash out refinances. So that, that bring my next point is where's with HELOC loans or somebody mm -hmm. who's, who's trying to get some money out of their house then, uh, how, 
how are you seeing right now with rates on are rates lower for, for for something like that if somebody's to go that way through refinance or where where are you seeing that market kind of happening yeah it's right kicked now? up like crazy home equity lines of credit have really moved up because so many took a, so many people took advantage of the two and the three percent interest rate they don't want to refinance their first mortgage That's up six percent yeah five yeah. six seven percent they don't want to raise the rate on their majority of their loan so if they bought a, say a four hundred fifty thousand dollar house they owe three hundred thousand on it now they don't want to move that three hundred thousand from their three percent rate to six so home equity line of credit requests are up way more yeah. than anything else in the mortgage world right now because they want to tie into it but and does the, that give you it's kind of like a credit card right basically in a yes. way, yep. with just a you're pretty much just getting a credit on the equity that you have in your home exactly and it, it you can use it pay it off use it pay it off just like a normal visa it's usually a lower rate than visa cards because it's actually secured against the home but it's very rarely a fixed rate mortgage okay so whenever you hear the fed is raising the rate that's the index that a lot of home equity line of credits are tied to. So there's many indexes out there that are based on cost of savings, cost of funds, treasury, prime. Prime is the one where the Fed is really affecting their rate. That's the one most HELOCs, which stands for home equity line of credit. We call them HELOCs. Most of those are tied to prime. Some are based on treasury, but so you want to check that because that'll help you understand how much and when it can move. But we all hear the Fed is raising the rate. And we always get calls right after that, that the mortgage rates are gone up and they, they do tie to it because it's a general idea where the market's at, but it's not specifically tied to what the Fed does. Yeah. But it, if they're raising rates, obviously the rates across the board have already been rising and they're trying to keep up with that, that yeah. change. Well, it's funny because a lot of buyers right now, they say, oh, well, I'm going to wait until they... Uh, they stop raising the rates. I was okay. So when's the projection for them to stop raising rates? I was, I was asking. I said, what, where, why do you think they're going to go down? What yeah. metric or what thing in the marketplace do I need to be aware of? Yeah, that rates are going to go down. Well, when are we going to hear that news report saying, oh, the Fed is going to drop rates today? <laughs> I don't see that happening very quickly no. here. So there's way more pressure to move rates, continue to raise rates, as yeah. the Fed has alluded, than any kind of metric that's suddenly gonna drive rates down. A lot of it's wishful thinking, hopeful thinking, or there's a sense, whether it's a stock or bonds or whatever, when everything rises, there's always a sense what well, has to come down. Yeah. Well, realize we were already artificially down. If anything, <laughs> rates are getting back to where they should be, yeah. not where they're gonna go down from this. So I agree 100%. It's a funny how, I even at 2%, I remember two and a half, three 3%, clients, I'm gonna wait till it gets lower. Their, clients are always gonna Absolutely. wait till it gets lower, and you and I have talked about this so many times on the show, the best time to buy was six months ago. The next best time is right now because of rates, value, that home being available. If you find a home that you like, that's that. there it is. If it's gone, when will that one ever come on the market again? Underwriting guidelines change all the time. I've seen clients that were approved six months ago, now they can't because something's changed in regulation or guidelines or something like that. So you're going to have a housing expense. Why not own it? Yeah. Why not live in the home? Why not get, gather the appreciation, the tax benefits, all the things, and or turn that one into a rental? If there's something that does pop up and rates do change, great. Keep that one as a rental. Move on to the next one. So I'm a big, big believer in real estate. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to start the show is to show our passion for what we do for a living and really how much we want to help people realize that it's not just about selling another loan or selling another house. It's about helping yeah. people into real estate. Now, okay, so let's, let, let's do a little game here. So let's okay. say that I have $500,000 in my pocket. Okay. I've got 500K saved up, and there's a house that I love for 435 that I can buy, mm. okay? And so I'm sitting here thinking, I'm just going to 
pay 435 i'll still have 65 left over um and yeah no problems right what would you say to that person who comes to you with that Mm -hmm. with that scenario okay and what would you tell them instead of convincing them to go to just yeah pay your 435 cash get it over with and just live in your home forever right so what would you do to i mean kind of show that person that that money can be used much more effectively and get to the point where they're actually making money off of that, Mm. uh, that, uh, purchase that they're doing, even if they want to live in that home full time. Yeah. So that's a great point. It's something where, where else can that money go that gets a better rate of return than zero? When you put it in the house, what rate of return are you getting? Well, you don't have a mortgage payment. Okay, sure. But you're giving them all the money right now. Why not spread it out over the next 10 years? Why not take the same amount of money we're working with and just get rid of any other debts, if there is any other debts that are that could be freed up that gets you a better cash flow than the, than the payment. Now, I also ask the client, okay, what stage are you at on your job? Are you going to be retiring in the next five to 10 years? Well, is it going to be harder to get a loan in five years than it is today because of either credit or income or those types of things? Yeah. And then what happens if you pass away? Well, the house is free and clear, but they don't have access to any money. Yep. What, how, you can't buy you know, the transmission of the car falls out. You can't buy it with equity. Like I, I, equity is great. Don't get me wrong, but equity is only worth what somebody else is willing to pay for it when you need to sell it. Other than that, it's not worth anything. Yeah. Would you rather have a hundred grand of equity you can't get to or hundred grand in the bank earning some sort of rate of return? Now it depends on how aggressive they want to be, but usually people that are savvy enough to have, you know, the money, there's other places they can put it either back in their business, expand their business, buy other real estate with it, or just the cash flow, having access to it in case the market changes, shifts, it can be hugely impactful than just having all this equity that you can't get to. So a lot of times I'll run the same numbers and say, okay, a mortgage at 225,000 right now is 1348 a month. If you just take the difference and put it in the account, because here, here it is all right now, or I'm going to spread it out over the next 10 years. Now you're becoming your own bank. You sure. have your own money, your own stuff. You don't need any other financing. It's already there, ready to go. So those are the numbers I would run with a client to just see if there's somewhere else yeah. that it makes more sense. And usually there is. Maybe it's not half down. Maybe it's 20. You know, we come up with different numbers because right. they can always find something to say, well, you know, I really do want this other project or I want to buy another house or I've got, I want to pay off all the other debt. I want to be debt-free at retirement. Yeah. Other than the mortgage, this, this allows that to happen. And it allows you to avoid a reverse mortgage right off the bat. Cool. Now, I, I love reverse mortgages for the right demographic, the right time frame. I think they that, do get that, a little oversold. That's like a five-part series episode for us, <laughs> reverse mortgages. Boy. Yeah, and we'll get into that as those. well. But yeah. it is something where if you can delay getting it, it's cheaper and you get more access to money if you're older. So if people are doing it right at 62, it's a much better loan at 72. Yeah. You know, So this loan kind of bridges that gap a little bit. By allowing you to use the same amount of money instead of using the equity of the house to make the payment, you're just using the money you were putting down to make the payment. Either way, they're getting the money. Why yeah. not spread it out over the next 5, 10, 15 years, whatever you want to do? And worst case, five years from now, something changes, you got the money in the bank. Pay the loan off if, if, that's, if really something changes. Right. right. But once you do it now, what if worst case, five years from now, you need the money? How are you going to get to it? Yeah. You got to sell, refinance, home equity, line of credit, something like that. So it's worth at least running the numbers. Just if you just think, right, after, I'm just going to pay cash because you're supposed to, I would ask why, where did that come from? Where did that sense that I just want a mortgage payment? I, I have the money. Why not just do it? Yeah. Because things change and having flexibility, emergency funds, having that set aside can be a hugely beneficial if something goes wrong five to 10 years from now. 
So I want to ask you a little bit about seller financing, because I can see seller financing becoming a very popular item over the next few years here. So that is probably something that we can talk to a lot of these buyers about right now, especially if they're buying investment properties. Hmm. So what I'm starting to, 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 to see is people purchasing properties right now at, uh, even if they're only putting their between five to 20% down somewhere in there, they're purchasing these properties, maybe renting them out for three, four five years, however it is. And then where we are right now, they like with a higher market, they're getting ready to sell the house. Now with that, they're also going and saying, Hey, I'm going to offer seller financing. And if, if you know how the MLS is working right now, if any listing says that they're willing to do seller financing, you get usually five to 10 offers immediately Mm. of just seller financing offers Mm. because people are afraid of the interest rates. Now with that said, an interest rate for a seller finance can be Mm. 13 to 15% as well. It can be. Yep. But there's a lot I, of people I've seen who, some lower. I've seen higher. I've seen, that's it, the thing. There's not really the rate when it comes to that. There's not a fixed rate by yeah, any means. Yep. Uh, and but, usually and, they are designed to be shorter term too. They're not going right. to be a 30 year fixed rate. So you, even if you're getting a, a saving a 6% seller financing, it could be two it, years. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, and rates could be worse at that particular point. And for some buyers that might be a good thing because they could say, Hey, in two years from now, I'm going to be able to qualify for that loan. Or maybe my credit mm-hmm. right now isn't at the point where I can do that. So it's something to consider more if you're, in my opinion, investors, these houses that you have start thinking about those seller finance, uh, doing seller financing on that next, uh, w- when you're getting ready to sell that property, because I think it's another way for some of these investors to, to make some more extra money. And it's a good way for buyers who really cannot afford anything to get into the house. Okay. I've got two years of payments and then by then I'm going to be able to get my, an actual mortgage for this yep. home. Yep. So another thing to watch out for here over the next four years. Uh, but the biggest thing with this is that it's not really often that we can't find a way to get somebody approved for a loan. Yep. And I think that's the thing that a lot of buyers don't realize is they say, yeah, I mean, I'm only making 18 bucks an hour. And, uh, I mean, I'm a single mom. I can't get into a house. There's a lot of options out there right now. Yep. There's options to have a $0 down payment on a house. Yep. So I, I think that's a real good point. We're talking about cash, you know, why you should pay cash for a house, but it's also the reverse side. If you don't have any cash and yeah. you think you can't buy a house because you don't have any down payment, you can still buy a house. There's still in many amazing ways. amount of options. In fact, yeah. just like these numbers, sometimes I have clients coming in that have saved for 20% down and we don't use it. Yeah. Cause like, wait a minute, we only need 5% down, buy out the mortgage insurance, get rid yeah. of the car payment, get rid of whatever loan they have. And now all of a sudden, instead of being approved for say 300,000, yeah. now we can get them to 400,000 and their payments are less than when they first started. So that's why working with experts makes a huge difference on what's out there. And just like, I'm amazed at how many times people will come to me with loans that were available in the eighties and 90s. their parents got their parents or grandparents, everybody <laughs> got the same. The market changes. Yeah. You know, we're we're going to try to figure out ways to solve the needs within the, the marketplace. Yeah. And so be, we're becoming more innovative. We're coming up with more ways to help people in the home, especially as the market slows down, right? Refis were bonkers for the last couple of years. Now, most mortgage companies are starting to lay people off. They're starting to slow down because refis are done and purchases have slowed down. Right. And it's the same amount of, you know, fishermen going after the uh, less amount of fish, so to speak. Yeah. So yeah. they have to get cl- more clever and have to look at their guidelines and say, what loans did we say no to last year? Why did we say no? Well, first of all, we didn't need to say yes because we had so much business. Now they start looking at say, okay, what are some of the ways we can loosen up some guidelines without taking on a whole bunch more risk? 
And so they're always evaluating that. You wouldn't believe the amount of, you know, you think insurance companies go through it, mortgage companies do it just as much. Right. Trying to figure out, okay, what loans keep defaulting? What area keeps defaulting? What program doesn't? And if anything, the mortgage industry has had record low defaults. So even regulators are saying, hey, you guys need to loosen up because if you're not getting a normal amount of defaults, then you're saying no more on the front end than down the road. So and we are starting to see guidelines. That's an important up. part of the lending industry is defaults. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And over the past few years, it's I call houses that are on pre-foreclosure or yep. getting foreclosed on. Yep. As a realtor, that's one of the things we do is we we try to contact these people to say, hey, let's get your house sold and get you the money before the bank says that we're going to do it for you. Yeah. Right. Yep. So that's something that could you see coming back a little bit here over these next this next little while? I you think could so. See some of these defaults. I think so. But again, our inventory is so low that if a bunch of foreclosures started hitting the market, if anything, it another it's just a natural. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons I think we had such an inventory problem is we had builder supply issues, existing buyers or existing sellers didn't want to sell and have to pay more for the house they were upgrading to. They were they were just better off staying in the home they had, and they just stopped foreclosures during COVID. So there's all this stop adding inventory while people are still trying to move and still try to naturally purchase homes. Okay. So that that actually made things a little bit worse to just blanket said nobody can foreclose, nobody can evict, nobody can do anything, regardless if you had COVID or not. Yeah. Now, I, I understand there needs to be some relief. Some areas needed more help than others. Like St. George didn't seem to have, Southern Utah didn't have as much problems with COVID crisis, maybe Detroit or LA or, you know, some of these other places, yet they did a blanket. Nobody can foreclose the entire year. So none of that natural in inventory. Now, people don't just foreclose because they lose their job. They might pass away. They may have health issues. There's other reasons why things go into foreclosure. And all those were just stopped regardless of, of what it was. Right. So it just exacerbated the problem of that we still don't have that inventory hitting the market. So that that caused the, in the inflation of the of the inventory to me even worse. So I think they'll naturally come back because there's always going to be foreclosures. But as an industry, we notice our foreclosure rate, regardless of the area or, or even postponing it is really, really low. So they start saying, okay, we're saying no too much. We need to loosen up some areas and start helping people into homes. So you will see guidelines change that will, that will also help. But putting a bunch of money down sometimes isn't the best option. It really yeah. is. Even if you have it, it, it really is worth running the numbers. So I, I have a few clients who they make great money. They uh, and they're always thinking about investing, right? They're always thinking, okay, where can I invest mm. next? Yet then, all of a sudden, again, I see them put a full twenty percent down on on a house. Do you have to put twenty percent down on investment property? Investment properties, yes. Okay. Um, you can do fifteen percent. Are there some programs though that are lower? Yeah, you can okay. go fifteen percent. Uh, generally, fifteen percent is kind of where they want it because they like to have that little mortgage insurance on there. Or twenty five percent. Right at twenty is actually the worst rates on the scale hmm. because it's right underneath needing the mortgage insurance, but right where lenders are at the most risk to actually lose money. So it is something where they like so 25 or 15. 15 and then maybe buy out mortgage yep. insurance. Okay. Yep. That's again, it's worth running the numbers. If yeah. the person has a lower credit score, the buyout might be too expensive. Yep. If the credit scores are higher, then it's well worth running the numbers. Okay. So that's what we have all these guidelines, all these boxes, all these things we try to fit clients into and nobody fits in all of them perfectly. That's part of my job is to say, okay, here's option A, B, C, which one do you like better? What works for you? Make sure they're fully educated and not just go with one option. Yeah. Like most people come to my office, I just need a loan. What's the rate? Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's look at a couple other things. And it's amazing how I think they're going to go with this, you know, option B, and they end up going to C, you know, or, or, or want a tweak on one of them and they want yeah. something totally different. But it's more fun that way too, to show them all the options and have them get excited about which one they want 
and to get them tweak in the one they want a little bit more to fit their needs. Then you know it's not just another mortgage, not just another house. There's more of a financial planning aspect to it or more of a financial overview that can really get them excited about what they're doing with their money. But like I said, I'm amazed how many people are these really savvy investors and stuff like this, and yet they don't leverage their down payment as well right. as they can, where there's really some options. And again, I, agents as well. How many agents? Oh, it's cash buyer. Yay. And it's like, yeah. that should be exciting for another reason. Yeah. If you got somebody that has that much money, why you sell, sell them one house? Why not at least say, hey, there's a couple of investment properties with that much money down. You would cash flow instantly. It would make your payment on all your debt. Right, right. And I, I'm not saying everyone's going to do that. There's people that just don't have the mindset to be investment oriented or real estate. Or, yeah. But one out of five? Yeah. One out of six? I mean, think about if you're a real estate agent, think about how many cash buyers that you had that you could have turned into four or five more clients. That's not finding a new client. You, sure. just, you just increased your income by 20% by just adding that one option by adding finance. Yeah. Showing, showing them the option of buying the house that they want and with the rest of the cash, turn it into another four or five investment properties that are consistently making them property, totally. uh, making them money. Like so, I said, not everybody's going to gravitate towards that, but I, I found about one out of five, at least you're open to making the conversation. Yeah. And that increased your income by 20% by not finding 20% more clients, mm -hmm. just taking the cash clients you have and utilize them and be excited about selling real estate, not excited about just, it's a cash deal. I don't have to deal with a loan and all that kind of stuff. And really, if you're that, if you hate a loan that much, you're working with the wrong mortgage company. If you really just hate doing financing loans and you just want all your clients to be cash, yeah, you're missing the boat on one angle and you've just, you got to get with better mortgage people. Yeah. There's some really good ones out there, yeah. including hopefully myself, but there, there's yeah, well, really well, good <laughs> loan officers out there. There really Absolutely. is. So here's, here's a thought. So right now we've got a lot of people who are saying, oh, the market's going to crash. The market's going to... Uh, drop at 25% in the next, in the next year, just thoughts all over the place mm. of, of where the market's going to go. There's not a lot of people saying, Oh, the housing market's going to skyrocket another 25% mm. in the next 12 months, but it could, right? Sure. So here's one of my thoughts that I've always had on this is when I hear these people talking about all the fear and speculation of what's going to happen, then they say, and I'm going to buy this this house for half a million dollars in cash say, so you're worried about all the things that are going to happen in the world. Yet you want to get every penny you have and put it into one mm. thing. Mm -hmm. So think about Taiwan right now. Something happens with China, Taiwan, the United States, the United States gets involved. There could be some type of situation that starts ha happening with uh, the world markets and the housing market. Mm -hmm. So if that's a fear on your mind, why would you want to get that all tied up in one place when it could take another 13, 14 years for things to recover, yeah. right? When you have this, even if it's a 15-year loan or a 30-year loan, whatever it is, you no matter where the market's at, you're not paying more, right? Mm -hmm. If your mortgage is going to be 1500 bucks a month, whether every country in the world is on fire or everything is perfect, your payment is $1,500, yeah. right? Um, and it's going to get to a point in the world, whether wherever inflation goes or whatever happens, there's going to be a time where you say, hey, $500,000 is not a whole lot of money, right? And you might need significantly more money in your pocket per month than you have right now and what it take than what it takes right now uh, on top of your mortgage. So your $1,500 mortgage in 10 years or however many years might be like, that's it. That's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right. In order for you to rent a house, it could be 
three to five thousand dollars, right? Yeah, and that's a great that's a great point. When it, you, the same thing, like you said, with rents, it was eight hundred bucks. Now it's sixteen hundred. Now it's twenty two thousand. Yeah. Doesn't get you much now for yep. two thousand a month. So you're totally right. Having that money working in circulation, as soon as money stops moving, it's not worth as much. It's yeah. got to be moving, got to be circulating, got to be doing things. Right. And there's always going to be opportunities you can jump on that if you had the cash. You know, there's going to be opportunities that pop up. If yeah. the market does really crash, great. There's a lot of people waiting for that because they're wanting to be able to get back out there and buy a bunch of rental properties because they missed the last crash or whatever well, you want to do. So you're right. And having so it all you, tied up to a house doesn't help you either. Yeah, you just spent your half a million dollars on your house in cash. And now all this stuff starts happening with the world. And you're like, oh, well, now I, I don't have any money. I spent it all on this house. Okay, well, let's sell the house. Oh, well, now the house is only worth 375 mm. Okay, mm. well, then I'm going to have to just do that and find another house. Well, there's not another house that you can find mm. that you're going to be able to get anywhere close to it. And now all of a sudden, more, your interest rate is going to be yeah. double of what you had it yeah. originally. So something to consider for those who are really curious about what's going to happen over these next few years, just in the world in general is, is think about where your money's at. And I, I think people should really just write this on their mirror every morning. And that's just leverage, right? Mm. Um, leverage is something that can be used for many businesses in the world. I mean, construction, really anything that you're doing, leveraging is a big, is a big part of life. Mm -hmm. And it's something that very few people do, but all the successful people do it. Yep. Um, all the really successful people, they're leveraging. Um, and it, it, and the biggest thing is they're leveraging their, their money and their investments. Yep. So, uh, think about that a little bit as you're investing in whatever it might be, but especially real estate is leverage that money that you have, that you can have access to. And other people's money, right? Yep. Especially when <laughs> you could just have it all tied into one thing and what else are you going to do for a while? It's worth just running the numbers. That's all That's all we're trying to say, trying to educate you and just try to get that mindset off. Oh, I got the cash. I'm just going to pay cash. The idea is to say, hey, why don't we run the numbers and just see what it takes to get qualified? What can I get qualified for today? It'll be easier to qualify today than it will be next year, the year after, the year after, because things always change with lifestyle, income, uh, whether you retire, I mean, all those types of things. So it's just, just run the numbers. That's all. It's, it's amazing how often you run them that maybe something else will make sense. Right now. I've still have people to do it and still pay cash. That's fine. If that works out for them, but I'm amazed at how many people, once they run the numbers, it makes a big difference. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Ryan. Thanks for giving us some ideas in terms of what people should be doing to leverage their money a little bit better rather than putting it all into one place. So if you have mortgage questions, feel free to call Ryan. His number is 435-627-0494. Uh, you could also email him at rbolton at s1l.com. Yep. Or check uh, out my website, just my name, ryanbolton.com. That's probably the easiest one to yeah. stay up to date with everything. So, yep. And he has an app that you can get approved on right yep. there as well. Uh, and it, really full service in terms of everything. He's not going to give you the advice that's just best for him and his mortgage company. He's going to give you a few different options. Some of it, some of these that might not work out in Ryan's favor, but they work out best for you. And so the biggest thing is, is you want people that are working for you and not people who are just trying to make you do the thing that's best for their own business. So yep. uh, that's a big reason why I work with Ryan on a lot of different things. But uh, with that said, leave some comments. If you have any questions about maybe paying cash for a home. And if, if you're starting to have second thoughts, or maybe you've thought about, Hey, I do want to get a loan or I want to refinance. I maybe want to get a HELOC on my house. Now leave those in the comments. And we'd love to answer those questions, whether it's via email or we could just give you a quick call. Yeah. I, uh, I would love to have people tell me why you would pay cash. I mean, we're obviously making the argument why you wouldn't put in the comments. Why would you pay cash? Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to see the comments on that and just see 
because it also helps me to better understand and better see everybody's point of view. You get in your own for industry, sure. you get a little bit stuck. I'd put in the comments, why would you pay cash for a house? And, and you know, there's going to be the people out here say, Hey, I'm 80 years old. I have 5 million bucks in the bank. I only need a half a million dollar house. Okay. There's a situation, but like, most people are not in that situation right now. Right. Yep. right? A lot of people, but, if you're 50 years old, it's like, great. Yeah. You have 4 million bucks. Let's make that 4 million bucks, 8 million bucks. Mm -hmm. Right. And the only way, especially if you already have that $4 million, unless you're just a trust fund baby, you probably got that $4 million from some type of leverage and leveraging that money uh, to get to the point where you can uh, continuously be making money while you're asleep. Uh, so anyways, thanks so much for watching and listening. Uh, we're going to be doing another episode here soon. Uh, but for me, Carson Jones, Team Honey Real Estate, my number is 435-669-6694. If you have any home selling or home buying questions, uh, commercial, residential, land, any of those, uh, feel free to give me a call as well as Ryan Bolton. Uh, Ryan, you got anything else for us today? Nope. Appreciate all the listeners. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Have a great week and we will talk to you soon.